This is David Bateson, the voice of Agent 47, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 159 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, January 7th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, joined now by my co-host, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the latest updates on Redfall and Starfield. Hundreds of game developers have unionized at Microsoft's ZeniMax, and Xbox is releasing a lackluster bundle uh, here in early 2023. We hope you enjoy the episode. Logan, as always, I like to start off XEP by dropping words of kindness on the community. But to start off, I have to say thank you for joining me. I am so excited that you will be my co-host here in 2023. Thank you for having me. It's nice to to be on the show and to be a co-host. Uh, I think for my, 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 kind, my kind words, my words of kindness, I, I want to thank you because... I recently quit my Xbox show and it was a bummer because it it really did come down to I needed to be able to manage my time better and running two solo shows a week are it's it's really tough. So thank you for giving me another opportunity to get back into talking Xbox because I really do love it. And, And I did not expect this that DM when you hit me up. And uh, I was I was more than excited to to be able to say yes, to be able to help out with it. And I think we've got some really cool ideas for this year. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Absolutely. And I was excited to send that DM because as we talked about prior to to recording, I was was kind of at my burnt out wits end phase because running a solo show is hard. And for 150 episodes, 58 episodes, I was running that solo episode or solo show, uh, arranging interviews, coordinating this production is not something that I have a skill set for. It's all self-taught, which is on the one hand, like some of that stuff came out great. There was other stuff that was just oh, tears yeah. and frustration and and whatnot. And so I'm really excited we were able to, to combine. Now, it's important that we let our audience know. Uh, who you are if they're unfamiliar you said you still do run another show outside of it i'm familiar with it i enjoy it but let the people know what your other project is oh man so i know like i've been i've been making podcasts since 2018 at this point um and funny enough uh the the show that i started off with the thing that kicked it off was sea of thieves kind of getting released so if you guys don't know me, um, it's I've been I've been in the Sea of Thieves game for Xbox since it was coming out. Um, I've been making a solo show called the Keelhauled Podcast. Uh, that is a Sea of Thieves focused podcast. And you may be thinking, Sea of Thieves has podcasts. Mm-hmm. They do. It's me and a couple other people out there. But I've been making content for Sea of Thieves for uh, close uh, close to five years now, and uh, it's it's my pride and joy. But everything that that show is is all stuff that like yourself luke dude i had to i had to figure it out and mm-hmm. you know thankfully they're you know the with the with the internet at our fingertips we have so much resource available to us to be able to like figure this stuff out so and i had some really good friends that are that were in the game longer before 
longer than I have been. So I was able to reach out to them, talk to them, share, share thoughts and ideas and get suggestions and stuff. But yeah, Keel Hall's my baby. And I made the Xbox uh, show that I was doing a while back um, just to try and like dabble with talking general games. Cause I always wanted to have a voice in the conversation. You know, I always wanted yeah. to, you know, be in the room where it happens and uh, come to find out, you know, like solo shows, there's a reason why a lot of podcasts have co-hosts and it's cause mm-hmm. it's nice to have someone there to kind of like help you through the, the slow times or when, yeah. when it's not quite as fun to be chatting about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what I, that's why I think I'm so so happy to be able to to jump into this because it's going to be fun. It's cool for me because I know what it's like to carry that solo show, and I enjoy doing that sometimes. But having somebody to riff off of or to engage in a way of conversation in a in a different direction than you might otherwise that's that's really nice and comforting and fun and funny, and you get to meet with your right. friend every week, and that's what I'm I'm stoked for and uh, equally stoked I think because. In 2023, we've got a couple initiatives for XEP that uh, we're starting up. First, this is a video podcast now. So uh, for any listener that's on Spotify or iTunes or your platform of choice, we're also there on YouTube now in video form. That's something that you've really helped me a lot with uh, getting the show to be a visual piece as well. And so as I learn that and get B-roll on the side or if it's just us uh, there, people can kind of engage with with us there, youtube.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Um, but it's it's there in audio form, video form. From here on out, Logan, the interviews that XEP specializes in at this point, this is episode 159 of XEP. There have been 90 plus developer interviews, uh, including so nuts. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Seamus Blackley, the creator of Xbox. Ed Freeze was on that original team. He's been on the show. Uh, Mike Chapman. From yeah. Sea of Thieves fame, he's been on the show before, uh, as have so many other developers. Just last week, published was the Xbox exclusive We Are the Caretakers. That just went live uh, at the time we're recording this. That game just came out exclusively on Xbox. And uh, coming out kind of midweek from the time of this posting uh, will be an interview with the developer David Evans of Sailforth, which is a really fun sailing game that you and I got to play that's out now. Um, and that's a video podcast as well. If anyone's interested in that, those are going to be still on the same audio feed, Logan, but they will have their own playlist over on YouTube. So trying to continue the roots of XCP because I enjoy interviewing so much with developers. I want that to stay as part of the audio feed. Uh, but anybody that just wants us will have their own place over on the YouTube as well. Um, but trying to grow XCP in 2023 is, is the goal, you know? Um, Yeah. And the interviews that you did, I was bummed that I didn't get to do the the Sailforth interview I was working at the time because mm-hmm. I've been playing that game and and it's it's surprising how good the sailing mechanics are in that and they're still they're simple enough and intuitive enough that you can kind of understand like how to do it if you're not like familiar with sailing and stuff. But yeah, they did a really good like I I, I want them. I wish I wish this would have been a really cool thing. I really wish that they had like a deal with Nintendo to be able to make a legend of Zelda wind waker two, Because mm-hmm. I think they've got like the basis for what I think a lot of us liked out of wind waker outside of mm-hmm. like the general Zelda stuff. Sure. But dude, can you imagine those guys if they got like a Zelda IP? It's, it's crazy because in talking to, to David and the people he worked with, uh, having a Zelda IP would, would be right up their alley mm-hmm. because they just wanted to make a simple fun game. This was a game he never planned to release. 
This was a oh, game. Oh, no way. He never planned to release it. Uh, <laughs> he's been working on it for six years. The first two, he was just trying to make a sailing thing that his dad would enjoy because he likes yeah. sailing with his dad. That's uh, and it, Yeah, it, he loves Sea of Thieves. Um, the water mechanics were cool inspiration there, but like it was a neat just side project that eventually he's like, you know, I should release this. It was a roguelike at one point, uh, oh, a weird. survival game at one point, and now it's just this cute, fun sailing game. I really dig the combat in it as well. Um, yeah, you know, it's just this cool twenty dollar indie title. I asked, uh, I ask a lot of developers this question. Uh, sometimes it makes it into the show. Sometimes it's more appropriate to ask after. Um, but I asked about the possibilities of Game Pass because I think the Xbox audience would really dig it. Um, mm-hmm. And and no word on Game Pass for for yeah. uh, sale forth. But it's twenty bucks. It's on every platform. So if we have any multi platform listeners, uh, if you go listen to the the interview for sale forth and it's like up your alley, I recommend it. That's a it's a fun chill game. And I like chill games right now. Yeah. Yeah. The sailing feels like it's a, like it feels a little bit of a mix between Sea of Thieves and um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yeah. Like it, it, it pulls a lot of the, that kind of similar style from there. And it's just, it was fun. I had a really good time. I got a good fleet going when I was yeah. running around. Dope. Dope. Very cool. Um, because it's video form, you'll probably, my dog will make her way into the, the shots Ooh. from time to time. That's fun. I always think that's a good time when when uh, she shows up. But she's hanging out with me upstairs. What's your today. dog's name? Shelby. Shelby? Shelby. She's Aww. 14, an Australian shepherd. And uh, we're in the phase where like, I have to carry her up the stairs. And but she is uh, my pride and joy. She's obnoxious. She's going deaf. <laughs> and I love her to death. So, you know. So she learned everything from you. That's good. She did. I understand. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, Logan, before we talk games, because we've got some dope topics, we've got to talk Redfall details, which have more some stuff has come out that actually flipped my excitement levels, which is exciting. This is cool. Really? Ooh. Yep. Yep. Starfield stuff is on on the docket. Unionization, which surprisingly is kind of interesting and cool in this in this one. And there's the Xbox bundle we talked about. But in 2023, I am hoping to start an initiative. XEP is starting an initiative. And I'm hoping it makes its way into other com- gaming communities uh, and kind of grows beyond XEP in, in the best way. We're doing something called Operation Find the Fun. And it's a hashtag, Find the Fun, that I would like to put out there. And in all games that uh, we cover on XEP this year, I want us to make a conscious effort to find the fun in the game versus yeah. finding reasons to dislike it, to nitpick it. Um, and I'd love for all of our listeners to join me in that. I recently finished God of War Ragnarok prior to the end of 20, uh, 2022. God of War Ragnarok is a masterpiece game, but I yeah. found my, have you played it as well? Oh my God. It's great. It's so good. I, I, I haven't, I want to, I want to go back to it and, and like finish up the stuff post the ending, mm-hmm. but dude, that game is so good. Oh, it is so good, but I found myself. Because it's 90 plus Metacritic, PlayStation exclusive, the best of the mm-hmm. best game of the year contender, I found myself not looking for the fun in the game, but trying to find flaws. Mm. Whereas when I played Gotham Knights, knowing it was a flawed game, Sonic Frontiers, yeah. knowing it's a flawed game, playing all the games that are sixes and sevens that I, I think I'm known for enjoying, yeah. when I go into those sixes and sevens, I look for the fun in it. I want to enjoy my time. 
Whereas when I hear about a game being 90 plus Metacritic, I start looking for flaws and I want to make an effort not to do that this year. I want to make an effort where, where if we talk about it on XCP, we acknowledge and we're critical where we need to be because that's important, but we look for the fun in games. And so operation find the fun hashtag find the fun. That's something that I'm going to be making a conscious effort to do. And I'm hoping that uh, our listeners will join me in. I, uh, I want to call out actually a few listeners that have really just stuck with XCP and helped me look for fun. And people like Clint Combs and Todd Oxtra, mostly Martinez, Golden Gamer Graham, they do this on their own accord. They're always looking for the positive elements of this, uh, of gaming. And I want to follow that example and make that an initiative of, of XCP. Uh, and I'm hoping that you and others will, will join me in that. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's like every time I play a game, I'm, I'm, I, I can see the critical aspects of it, but it's one of those things like I, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm the type that's going to go in and expect to enjoy it. And, and everyone kind of finds their own way to like enjoy a game. You know, a lot of people like they'll go like super hard mode. That's, you know, that's their test of their, their metal, you know, like I, I just want to go in and have fun. So if I'm going to be playing it on normal or easy or just, you know, looking for, for a game that I think like Anthem is like a perfect example of this, right? Like Anthem is a fun game. It's not a good game, but it is a fun game. And it's a, it's, it's a real bummer that they never took it beyond what it was mm-hmm. because I think that they had so many troubles going into it. So Every time I go back to Anthem, I'm like, man, I just, I love that Javelin. It's mm-hmm. so much fun to just fly around in that world. Same thing with Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was a terrible launch, but you know what? That was a fun game mm-hmm. and they had a lot of issues and they've, they've stuck with it, which is a nice thing. And I think they've gotten it to a good game, but mm-hmm. definitely like a lot of people were looking at the, the, the flaws of the game as opposed to the fun of the game. And if you just played the game and actually had fun with it, instead of yeah. like criticizing it all the time, you would have come out with the same kind of perspective that I think most of us did when we jumped into it, which was, it's a fun game and it's in, it's not hard to find that fun. You just have to be open to it. Agreed. I, I, I fully agree. And I lament all the times. Like I, I, my God of war Ragnarok experience was spoiled because I forgot to look for the fun. Mm. I love Anthem. I enjoyed playing crackdown. I liked playing Avengers a lot. You know, like I went yeah. into certain games looking to enjoy myself and other games looking to, to be critical. And I, I really don't want to do that because life's too short and there's too many amazing projects that developers work on um, that I, I just I want to, to change my attitude about how I approach stuff. So absolutely, I plan on being critical of games that we discuss for review. Uh, we've got a lot of games coming out. I know if you look at our doc, I scroll. I have release dates for the foreseeable future down there. There's a lot of games that are coming out and we're going to need to be critical of those, but I will in being critical also acknowledge just the stuff that makes me fun and, and focus more on that element for sure. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, games are, games are here for enjoyment, man. Like if we can't have fun with it, what are we doing? Agreed. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to take this attitude with me into, to, to uh, 2023 and, and listeners uh, other content creators, hashtag find the fun, operation find the fun. That is my jam. That is something I'm doing. And I would love for people to, to jo- en- enjoy joining me uh, on that journey. That's tough to say. Um, <laughs> it goes. Well, Logan, let's get into our topics at this point. Uh, my mind was blown this week as I found myself getting excited for Redfall. I was not Good. excited for Redfall. 
uh, when I first saw it. Maybe it's that same thing, forgetting to look for the fun. But I saw a vampire shooter game that looked like Left 4 Dead, and I love Left 4 Dead, but I yeah. there have been a lot of games kind of in that style yeah. in the last few years, and I enjoyed Aliens Fire Team and the Anacrusis and a few others, but it just wasn't getting clicked, right? It's not where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but we saw a lot of stuff coming out this past week. Uh, Windows Central reported, and it was corroborated by others, that uh, Redfall is targeting a May release this year, which the timelines right line now. up with previous statements. That's sooner than I expected, which is I'm, cool. I'm glad, dude, because uh, you remember when they were like, hey, this will be out in July of 2022. And I'm like, there's no way this is coming out in yeah. t- July 2022. We don't even know what this game is. Mm-mm. And I'm but. glad it's, it was delayed because I Xbox needs to hit and it needs to hit big. Uh, yeah with its exclusives and it i'm seeing gameplay of this and i'm in i'm hearing and we're seeing reports that id software has been helping with the gunplay i know oh oh god the clips that i'm seeing this game looks very different than what i thought it was going to be in terms of gameplay uh there are npcs that you talk to get side quests there's story driven missions that you can play single player there's an open world that's way bigger than prey which is another one of uh, arcane's uh titles uh, they've hired FPS specialists. They have got this game in a direction that I think it's going to be far more than what I thought it was going to be. And I'm in, in yeah. playing, in playing DMZ with great gunplay and objectives and missions with your buddies where you can do it single player. You can play it multiplayer. Something about Redfall has changed in my mind and man, I'm really excited. Uh, where are you at for Redfall? Dude, I, I've been looking forward to this game for a while. Like when yeah, they started, like they, they started to kind of talk about like the different people that you can play as. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I started looking into the the actual characters and what their history is and what the lore is that's set up around this. And the fact that they've kind of talked about like this, this is like an all like a like a Resident Evil experiment that's that's come to Massachusetts and stuff. And now you've got like operatives that are coming in and the special agents that were trying to get away from this kind of thing, getting dragged into it. And then like students who have magical powers now and stuff. And I was just like, dude, this sounds like a fun freaking thing. Like they've just gone all out with the weird and they know it. Um, I, I fully anticipated this being like a left for dead. Like I was fully kind of like, all right, well you can play it solo or you can play it with friends, but it's going to be kind of like prey. It's going to be kind of like uh, a death loop, you know, and kind of ex- go in with that kind of mental exploits expectations. And to mm-hmm. see that they were going to do this more like uh, more like an open world game with hubs that you can go and get quests for and stuff. Yeah. It's like, dude, that sounds like fun. Cause I think some of my, some of my fun some of the best experiences i've had is where i've been playing co-op in open world games where you know we get a bunch of stuff we go out we we work on those quests we clear out uh camps and then when we're done we go back we level up we you know get new um ability points or we get better gear mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff is it's it's perfect for hanging out with your friends you know it's yes. what i love about sea of thieves like you know sea of thieves you go, you do a bunch of voyages, you get into little messy fights here and there. And and the whole thing is, is kind of set up to just hang out with your friends and chat and catch up on their day. And you know, you're there kind of playing through a story and stuff like that. But I'm so glad that that Redfall is coming along. I think Redfall is like one of the biggest games that I'm excited for as far as like multiplayer games this year, because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking forward to actually getting in and jumping in, seeing like just what what arcane's version of like a vampire killer game or like a zombie kind of style game is 
compared to like what it, what I've played through with like Prey and, and Deathloop because I think they've got a lot a, a really cool world that they've built up and I think that's that's the most important thing for me is just kind of seeing like where the story goes and stuff like that and getting to experience that with with friends. I'm I'm hoping that I get into a kick where I want to play arcane games. They're a gaming gap for me. I'm yeah. really not Prey, Dishonored, I think it's Dishonored. Uh, yeah, Dishonored. Yeah. Prey, Dishonored. Uh, I just didn't, it didn't go anywhere for me. I never wanted to play them. I try, like I would rent them or if I worked at GameStop, take them home to, to never, never, they're on Game Pass and it still don't feel the need or, or want to. I'm hoping that as Redfall gets closer, I, I do what I did with Sonic Frontiers where I played one and I was like, you know what? I got to go play everything. Yeah. Uh, just getting that kick because I know they're a great developer. I know they're talented. They've done some incredible stuff, but I just haven't wanted to. But yeah. the more I see here, the more I'm like, you know what? I do want to try this one out. And um, quite separately, I think I feel the same for Starfield, which uh, I was not excited for Starfield. I, I think sometimes uh, Todd <laughs> Howard is over spotlighted and over emphasized in some ways. And I was like, he's just making a game, you yeah. know, and, and I was never into Skyrim and, you know, Bethesda games have this reputation for being buggy. And again, maybe it's the new attitude of find the fun. Maybe it's the stuff I'm seeing. I really think when I saw them delay after their like set release date, when I saw them willing to delay and get it right, something about that reassured me. And uh, as we approach it, I'm, I'm more excited. And we're, I mean, reports are coming out that the game, uh, is coming still coming out in the first half of 2023 a support page uh an official support page came out with that wording in general saying it's still first half of 2023 which you know all things considered logan when you look at redfall and starfield first half of 2023 what we believe to be forza stuff which uh uh, is going to kind of be tied to another news topic we think some forza stuff is coming uh, the possibility of Hellblade 2 being this year. We know Forza Motorsport 8 is this year. Almost accidentally, I find myself kind of like smacked in the face by just how much Xbox might have in 2023 after one of the driest years they've ever had in 2022, where it was yeah. only expansions to previous stuff. So I'm like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, this it's, it's kind of weird, dude. I, I feel like... I feel like certain like certain studios have to have like that one game that gets you into their into their good. Right. Like for Mm -hmm. for many people, for Bethesda, it was um, Skyrim. Like Skyrim Mm -hmm. was the game that got them hooked on or it was like Fallout uh, 4 or Fallout Mm -hmm. 3, you know, mostly Fallout 3 or like New Vegas that got them like into Bethesda games. And Mm -hmm. I I haven't found that because Morrowind. Yeah, Ainsley Bowden. He's 108, like (laughs) so old. Oh my god, that dude. Uh, Yeah, I and and I just I feel like there's I feel like there's a a game that will come out that will be that game for Bethesda for me, and I feel like Starfield has that best chance because like as a fan of like mass effect as a fan of like starcraft as a fan of like you know star wars and star trek and stuff like there's so many so many like sci-fi games that i love to jump into that for some reason something about like you know going around in 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 spaceships to different planets that's what hits for me Mm -hmm. and i feel like starfield is like right there and it's in 
it's crazy to think because I, I feel like so many of us are still kind of on the fence with Starfield as far as if if you're not like a dyed in the wool kind of Bethesda fan. Uh, if you don't follow the the creed of Todd Howard, then you're you're kind of like, well, how good is this really going to be? And um, it's crazy to think that this was something that was supposed to come out on November 11th of last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to think that it's coming out in the first half of this year feels like that because I and I want to say it was because of Halo. And I want to blame Halo for this because Halo delayed for an entire year mm-hmm. when they delayed it. Missed a so, console launch. Yeah. yeah. So it makes me it makes me wonder, like, is it because Halo Infinite that was supposed to come out at launch didn't come out till a year year later that that's why it feels weird to have Starfield still coming like six months down the line from when it initially was going to get launched. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it could be that. I think it's just that Starfield has been this nebulous idea. This is the the Xbox exclusive. The reason they bought Bethesda because yeah. Redfall, not the reason they bought Bethesda. You know, t- to the to the common. This is Skyrim's successor. That's a big deal versus yeah. you know like an arcane project which is still amazing but it's not it doesn't have the same weight amongst the the, the standard no. gamer this is the game that's supposed to compete with playstation that's supposed to be the one uh because halo infinite didn't do that despite doing that you know like the narrative mm-hmm. isn't that it did that but infinite is very successful and and has a lot of amazing things lackluster in some areas and it didn't capture the mind share but it's still quietly extremely successful so yeah yeah i think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this compares to what other people are going to be um like like i really want to know what what people's expectations are for starfield based on like the pedigree of bethesda games and see like you know, will this actually stand up? Because from what I've seen, this looks like a No Man's Sky that has a budget. Mm-hmm. And that excites me because I think No Man's Sky has proven that space exploration and, and people jumping into that kind of a world mm-hmm. is is wanted, is desired. And I think Starfield has the opportunity to tell some really cool stories that are going to be completely new to everyone. And the fact that this is like their first new IP in like decades is nuts. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's also soon because you know, they got to be passionate about that, man. Like starting off something new and being like, all right, we're done with all the old. We're not going to bother with Elden Ring. We're not going to, or Elden Ring. We're not going to bother with uh, Elder Scrolls. We're not going to bother with Fallout. Let's do something new. Let's do something Mm -hmm. exciting. And that is, that's cool. That's the, it's, it's kind of like the fear and trepidation of seeing like if three, four, three was like, all right, let's put a hold on halo. Let's go, let's go find something fun to go make and see mm-hmm. what they come up with and see like, how is that going to, how is that going to compare? How is that going to hold up against the stuff that they've made? You know, or if mm-hmm. Bungie went and decided they wanted to make a new project that wasn't destiny Two, it's like, Ooh, I don't know. That's kind of scary, but I'm sure they're probably excited about it. Yep. When I think about Metal Gear Solid, The Witcher 3, Elden Ring, God of War 2018, those are tentpole moments in gaming. Elder Scrolls as well, uh, Skyrim. It feels to me like Starfield has the potential to be that, and I sincerely hope 
that these delays that we've seen with it, because it's been delayed more than once, have mm-hmm. been about QA and bug fixing, because I really want this game to be a game where people are clipping the good and not zooming in on the bad. Um, think back to the silliness of, of, you know, questioning the fruit physics of Halo Infinite. Oh my God. Right? And then you play God of War Ragnarok where there's tons of stuff you can't do physically, but no one talks about it because everything yeah. else is immaculate. There's no bugs. And, what, and so I sincerely hope that it's been about breaking the trend of, well, that's just Bethesda and it's endearing and charming. No, if you go play Elden Ring, that game, I'm sure you get bugs in anything, but like that game is near immaculate in terms of its uh, gameplay experience. It doesn't onboard players well, but it, it's got so many amazing things. No one's clipping out the bugs of, of Elden Ring. They're b- clipping out the gameplay, what you're doing in the world, what you're accomplishing. I hope that the time put into Starfield is going to allow for that same thing because I don't want the narrative of, of Starfield to be, oh, but it's a Bethesda title. I hope it breaks that mold. I think that's it's a it's a double-edged sword, man. Like you got you the reason why I think Elden Ring hits so well is partly because it's from soft and people trust from soft to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's it could work for them, it could work against them. If it's a bad game, then people are going to be like the the reputation's going to get stained a little, you know. There's going to be a little little bit of people going like, okay, well, what, you know, this wasn't a big hit. Like what's the next one going to be like? Same thing with, um, what was it? CD project red, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone going into, yeah. into cyberpunk was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Witcher three was fantastic. The expansions were amazing and stuff like that. And I think Bethesda is right there with them. Like, I think people are going to kind of go in knowing like, okay, this is Bethesda. A, they've had tons of time to work on this and tons of money to work on this. Mm-hmm. B, we know the pedigree. We know the storytelling uh, possibilities that they have for this game. So, like, is is that going to hold up? I think a lot of people are going to do both. I think a lot of people are going to fall in love with Starfield the way they fell in love with Skyrim, the way they fall in love with uh, Fallout series and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing that it, the thing that I like going into this is I don't have to have a history with Bethesda or with Bethesda to be able to understand this game world. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no, you know, franchise behind this. So for a lot of people, I think this is going to be a fresh experience with Bethesda. And I think that is something that will really kind of help a lot of folks get past some of the stuff that may be a technical issue. Mm -hmm. But even that, like, I think, I think they know that they, that this game has to be a big hit. They wouldn't have delayed it if they felt otherwise. I think you're right that xbox was buying bethesda for this game which means that they were willing to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. on the this being a hit mm-hmm. and i don't think you do that if you it, i don't think you i don't think you buy bethesda because you think they're going to flop i think you buy right. bethesda because you trust the pedigree and you see what they're putting out and you want that for your for your kind of like marquee title for a year right you know yeah, no, that's a very good point. I'm curious uh, if we see spinoffs or expansions like Elder Scrolls is not just Elder Scrolls Skyrim. You know, there's a franchise there and there's multiplayer experiences across multiple platforms. Uh, Last of Us is getting a multiplayer expansion. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima had a multiplayer element. I wonder if Starfield doesn't find ways into other mediums, platforms, films. Like there's a Last of Us show, a Halo show. I wonder if Starfield 
hits and hits well if it transcends gaming and goes beyond it. Um, I would expect it does, and I think that's that's why Microsoft wants to get this right. Uh, it's one of the many reasons why they need to get it right. But I would expect that we see Starfield in other avenues down the line. Um, that's yeah, just, that'd be cool. It's a, yeah, it's a gut instinct on that one. So, yeah, I could uh, see it. I, I think you? you could you could easily make like a Star Trek version of Starfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Directed by Zack Snyder, of course. <clears throat> I'm just giving you a hard time. All right, so <laughs> let's uh, move into our another one. This this news uh, item came from Axios, but it's of course made its rounds into other places. This to me is a really good news, good vibe, good feel type approach. Uh, but I wonder if maybe you don't check me just a bit. Uh, Hundreds of game developers at the Microsoft-owned ZeniMax Studios have officially voted to unionize, and Microsoft has supported this endeavor. The union is going to have roughly 300 game testers out of ZeniMax, uh, studios in Maryland and Texas, including uh, id Software. Of course, they make Doom. Uh, You've got Arcane and Bethesda, obviously Redfall Starfield, some of our conversations in a moment ago. It was a supermajority that voted this uh, into action. According to the organizers at the Communication Workers of America, no no idea what that is, I'm not going to pretend to, uh, which will encompass the new ZeniMax ZeniMax Workers Union. Microsoft has voluntarily offered support uh, to this union. It would make sense, of course, as they try to impress uh, regulators from the FTC, uh, European Union, et cetera, et cetera, that they are going to be good stewards of both franchises and workers. I would argue that unionization in gaming is a good thing, given how uh, we've seen a lot of game testers, QA specifically, uh, been treated, how we've seen the boys clubs exist uh, amongst developers. And I think the asterisk to all of this, Logan, is if you create a humble and accepting and worker-friendly environment, then talent wants to come and work with you, thus passing on better experiences to the gamers maybe that's a little bit too uh flowery and happy maybe i'm in error there but i saw this as a good thing for long and short term where was your where would you land on it i'm you know unions are a weird thing right uh unions are genuinely built when the company fails at what they should be doing which is taking care of the employees um, if you feel like you're unionizing, it's because you don't feel like you have a voice or you feel like you want to get something from a company that is unyielding, uh, mm-hmm. in this situation. And that's always been like where my mind has been with unions. Like it's the reason why you want to have unions is to have a, a, a voice when a, a company is, is not willing to hear you. So genuinely, like when I think of unions, I think it's because what they want is not what they're getting and the company doesn't care. Mm -hmm. So I always have kind of like a, ah, that's a shame that they had to unionize. But at the same time, I also know that unions um, that are accepted by companies are usually the thing that really kind of indicates that they're, they're willing to understand that they're that they're going to like the alternative is like instead of them unionizing they all get fired right Mm -hmm. and i think that if if zenimax is in in bethesda and them if if they're willing to work with the unions then i'm hoping that 
what the union looks for, which is genuinely they just they want to have a better work environment. They either want more pay because they're not getting paid enough, which from what I understand is is genuinely the truth. Most game testers generally do not get paid nearly as much as developers, UI consultants, you know, producers, executive producers, things like that. So when you're looking at these at these game testers, like they're the lowest of the low when it comes to the totem pole in most studios minds. Mm -hmm. And because of that, them unionizing is going to be a huge boon to the industry because it's going to show that there is solidarity in the need to have better work environments or better pay or better, uh, you know, benefits and things like that. And it's something that I hope happens with streamers and content creators. I hope that Twitch streamers are able to um, like look at trying to find a union or, or create a union because I think Twitch streamers are, are definitely one of those groups that is um, being taken advantage of. And I think mm -hmm. seeing it happen in studios first is always a positive because it shows that the need is there. And if the need is there, then that means that the environment will change and that right. the paradigm will shift. And it's like, we, like, do teachers unionize at all? So that's a great, great question for any listener that doesn't know I am a teacher. Uh, in some states, typically north of the Mason-Dixon line, yes. Um, where I am, no. And again, unions can be a complicated subject for some. Uh, there are times where I've genuinely just wished and begged that it would happen because conditions are awful and we're very stressed and underpaid and overworked yeah. and class yeah. sizes. Counterpoint is, is that there are people that remain in the profession too long and places don't vacate. But uh, in short, it, it's something that I think empowers the workers, thus empowering talent. Yeah. I think if, if there's a union that is getting made, and a company is supporting that union, it means that everything for the, the person who didn't care but is joining the union because they have to are going to reap the benefits. And anyone coming into that company as a game tester that will be asked, like, do you want this job? You have to join a union. Most of the times I've ever been in a company where I've joined a union, I've reaped benefits that I never had to fight for. Mm -hmm. And it goes on for generations at that point because the union will always kind of be instilled there. And it's very and, and that's one of the nice things about unions is that they can get you things that you wouldn't be able to get from day one of starting. And you may never have to go through the pains of having to strike, having to uh, deal with with corporates who are trying to leverage everything they possibly can because they have the resources and stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm happy for unions when it will get what people want uh, to, to better their lives and hope that unions don't do what most unions have a chance of becoming, which is, is kind of like their own powerhouse, in which point they start right. dictating their own demands and start going a little a little too power hungry with this kind of thing. So, But most of the time when they first start out, it's usually a lot of people just wanting to get better environments. And I'm glad that Zenimax and them are accepting the unions. I think it's great that the studios, uh, the game testers were able to do this because at the end of the day, better game testing, happier employees is is usually what you want to make a good game or any company, right? <laughs> you want you want happy employees. And I, and I want the base pays to go up and the bonuses to go away because the way bonuses work, they don't typically empower 
uh, no. developers. Like they're after the fact, if this hits this mark and it's, it's too subjective. And so I, I yeah. it's, it's not practical. So, yeah. all right, let's move on from that one. And, and here's hoping that more, uh, more talent is, is incentivized to join Microsoft or any, or Sony or anyone else that supports this for sure. Logan, this one, this one is funny because we might be overreading into it. We might not. An Xbox Series X bundle is is available and going to be made available, uh, including Forza Horizon Five, uh, the premium edition of it, which would include all DLCs. This Forza Horizon bundle is a Series X with the game and a controller and all the DLCs, and it's retailing for five hundred and sixty dollars US. That doesn't sound like a lot of savings to me, except for the DLCs, and I. I was really disappointed by this one. I would have loved to see the game just included for free with the DLCs to incentivize people into coming into the platform. Uh, quick point of, of an interest here. This is the game proper. You would own this game as opposed to like getting to use and play it via Game Pass. This is the console and the price of the game, and it seems like you're getting the free DLCs. I don't find that to be very incentivizing to get people into a platform that they were on the fence about. The, the curious point is, does Forza have something uh, coming that's going to really excite people? It's been a while since we saw Hot Wheels. We're due for that expansion. Uh, we're due for an Xbox showcase of some sorts. This bundle is launching, I think, next week. And does that timing line up? Or are we you know, grasping at straws and, and organizing our little dotted lines? And, oh, no, this is happening and this is going to happen. <laughs> Either way, I thought the bundle was pretty much are you trying to suggest there's an event possibly coming soon? Is that what you're trying to imply? I don't know that I'm suggesting it, but it, there are plenty of people who are right. because of this bundle and the timelines. And like, I don't know if it is or not. I think the bundle's pretty, pretty weak, all things considered. It's a great game. Love the game. Yeah. But like, I don't know. what do you, th- I don't know. Tell me, reel me in. I, okay. So when Forza 5 came out, uh, there was a deal on Game Pass that if you if you bought the expansions and the season passes for it for like 40 bucks, you'd get early access. And I wanted early access because I wanted to jump into this game. And I actually got hit up the other day because I made uh, the, the Keelhauled logo in Forza 5. Uh, oh, someone cool. hit me up the other day and they're like, hey, dude, I just saw your uh, I just saw your your liveries in the in Forza 5. I was like, dang. It's been a hot minute since I've been in that content for a while. It's crazy. But um, I, I mean, the the deal here is is you're getting like 40 bucks worth of DLC for free. Uh, you're you're I, I probably if it was me and this is a weird it's a weird, interesting thing, because y- you would expect that Xbox that that they would be pushing their all access content because the all the all access has kind of been the the I don't want to say black sheep, but. Dude, it feels like not a lot of people are jumping on all access because that's the better deal than mm-hmm. if you just buy the console or if you buy a bundle because you're getting two years of Game Pass for the price of it's it's less than the price of what Game Pass and the console for two years would cost outright. Like you're getting a pretty good deal on Game Pass. And that let's, has let's, let's pause pin real quick, pin real quick. Yeah. I'm not sure everybody knows what my or Xbox all access is. I know it makes me sad. Tell tell the listeners what okay. it is, because because your point is well taken, but I don't think many people even know what it is. Yeah. So okay. So if you don't know, 
All Access is a program that you can do at most retailers. Uh, the way that All Access works is you're you're going in, it's kind of like a phone contract. Like we used to have the old phone contract, but mm -hmm. for two years, you spend 25 bucks a month and you get an Xbox Series X as well as Game Pass Ultimate for that whole time. And if you do the math, which I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I'm not going to try and mess with numbers while we're chatting here. But if you do the math, you're effectively getting uh, and actually, sorry, let me correct myself. It's $35 for the Xbox Series X. It's $25 for the X, or for the Series S. Mm -hmm. um, but you you go in, there's there's no APR, there's no interest rate, there's no additional cost. But for that 35 bucks a month, which if you figure is only 20 bucks more than what most people would spend base on Game Pass Ultimate alone, mm -hmm. you're getting a brand new console. And for two years, you you spend that, which, by the way, helps credit if you have a credit card and you want to be able to build your credit. This is a fantastic way because 35 bucks is a lot cheaper than most stuff uh, that you can put on a credit card. But you get an Xbox Series X and you get two years of Game Pass Ultimate. And that's kind of been like, I feel like that's the thing that is, is it's always ignored. And yeah. I can understand if like, if you're going for like a series S then yes, find a series S for like 200 bucks on black Friday. And that is a fantastic deal that will save you probably more than what the all access version of the Xbox series S and X will be. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like a lot of people don't take advantage of the all access. I didn't because I wanted it day one and they didn't offer it day one. You had to pre-order right. the console and just get that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, having a bundle for Xbox kind of says to me that most people are buying the console and not going through all access. And it makes me wonder if that's because like just marketing or people just don't don't want to do all access and people would rather just buy it once, get it like day one, spend the money and then go from there. The bundle itself yeah, you're only getting about 40 bucks worth of of deal on this. Uh, but if you're a Forza fan, then this will be a good way to kind of kickstart you into the into the new year and give you a reason to be excited for motorsport, which supposedly still coming out later this year. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a nice way to be like, hey, if you're interested in motorsport because you're a huge racing sim fan, then here's a good way to get an Xbox Series X to get into Forza so you can play around. Plus you get all the DLCs so you can actually jump into the Hot Wheels content. And that content was July of last year. So mm -hmm. it's it's been, a, and that was, so uh, what was it? Forza 5 came out top of November, 2021. Mm -hmm. The next update came in July of 2022. I would not be surprised if January or February was when they rolled out the next update for Forza 5. And if that's the case, then that's going to be a really nice lead in to motorsport when that comes out. And that way there's kind of like this continuous role of content for racing fans. I think the bundle offers very little in the way of value overall. I think that's what people want to feel when they get a bundle if they're yeah. not in already. 
but your logic makes good sense, especially when it comes to Forza. There would be a wonderful sentimentality if you look at the slate of upcoming games and you have a Forza Horizon expansion early in 2023, uh, Redfall and Starfield kind of uh, late Q1 Q- and mid Q2 uh, of 2023. And then you've got a big, uh, like a third big thing for Xbox uh, in late 2023. I think that would be fantastic. Somewhere in there, theoretically, the Activision deal goes through. And what you have are the makings for an incredible year for Microsoft after a pretty lackluster one. Um, and by the way, if last year was lackluster, uh, that's a pretty great year. We had, we had yeah. a couple people write in, uh, you know, kind of asking, I think it was famous Seamus writing in how I would describe gaming in, in 2022, three words or less. Um, fantastic, amazing, and expansions, because I really had a ton of fun with a lot of games that were multi-platform. My game of the year was Elden Ring, multi-platform, played it on my Xbox. It looked amazing on Series X. And some great expansion content came to Xbox proper, Sea of Thieves, uh, Forza Horizon, and then some pretty good stuff came to Halo by the end of the year. Um, oh yeah, I think if last year was a bad year for Xbox and I think it was, that's a pretty good year because they've yeah. got some good stuff on the way that the age of empires, uh, console definitive edition is coming. Uh, Diablo is, is on its way and that theoretically could be a Microsoft thing. You got your two big stuff that we talked about earlier. I mean, 2023 is looking pretty good. All yeah, things considered. I, yeah. 2023 is going to be a really fun year for, for just about everyone. Like it's going to be hard for for someone going into 2023 for Xbox and not be able to find something that can kind of spark their interest, especially given just like how many games are releasing. And it's a it's a shame that a lot of this stuff wasn't quite finished in time for 2022. You know, I think obviously like Phil Spencer wanted to have, you know, um, one major first party title coming out at least every year. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, is that, you know, you want to put out a good con or, you know, you want to put out a good game from the get go. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you want something that people are going to look forward to, but I would rather, I would much rather wait for a game knowing that they are still kind of putting tweaks in and that they're still not happy with it. Mm-hmm. than have them try and hit an arbitrary, like, Oh, we, we want to try and have this and this and this for, uh, each year. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, it definitely kind of feels like Wii U territory as far as like when we were waiting for content and stuff. But like the the difference being that Xbox still gets all of the third party content. So, yeah, like, you know, if last year wasn't the best year for first party, like, dude, you still had a ton of really good third party content come out last year. Oh, yeah. There's no reason why anyone should have been like, you know, hurting for games and right. and. It's, it's and if that's the case you know it's it's okay to say like all right i'm not playing much on my xbox except for the stuff that i typically jump into mm-hmm. so i'll go play on something else for a little bit sure and and be okay with that yeah i think there's a, a tendency particularly amongst content creators to lament the lack of or the amazing first party here and there but on the publishing side the day one game pass side uh there are a lot of experiences that my Xbox afforded me that, that saved me money thanks to day one in Game Pass. Right. Uh, or, or that exposed me to new games by way of indies uh, or even AAA that I wouldn't have played otherwise. That's a great, great thing. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked in our content creation community. And if we really are trying to find the fun, then I look back and I'm like, yo, I had a great year 
a yeah. great year of games all while acknowledging yeah not a lot of first party newness but man when i think about uh sea of thieves and i of course i know my co-host audience here like i get that but like i had so much fun in sea of thieves and i haven't touched season eight like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i have so much fun in halo uh knowing full well they need more i still had a blast and and that third party stuff is there and um we had we had a couple questions that kind of wrote in in this realm that it, that i want to touch on uh the first one comes from Todd Oxtra, who who's a, consistently amazing. He says, does, does Xbox have a defining franchise now or are Xbox's games overshadowed by Game Pass? Like, it, I think Halo, and he even mentions Halo in, in a supplementary uh, statement, but like, Halo is Xbox. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Is Game Pass the thing now? Is Are we talking about Game Pass when we talk about Xbox games or are we talking about the game? I think... I think Todd has a real strong point here because I do think that there hasn't been like a marquee title that is like a system seller. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like we we were just talking about the bundle for Forza five. Neither of us feel like that was like the thing that sells Xbox, right? The thing that sells Xbox is game pass. If you talk about uh, PlayStation, what's the game that, that people always like are going to and saying like, okay, well, if you're buying an Xbox, you get Spider-Man, you just get Spider-Man, right. Right. Or you get God of War. Those are the system sellers for that console for, for Nintendo. Same thing. If you're buying Nintendo, you're getting animal crossing, you're getting breath of the wild, you're getting Mario Kart. Xbox doesn't really have that because Xbox isn't trying to do that because they've said, Hey, everything that you could possibly want from our company is all going to be on Game Pass. So not just one title is going to be the have to get with Xbox. It's like, no, just get everything mm-hmm. with Game Pass. Why and pick Game and Pass, choose? I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you're it, good. Game How Pass you? isn't just on the box. Yeah. Game Pass is on, like, I just got a backbone, which I'm stoked to share impressions with. I'll talk more about it next week. But I'm playing Xbox on my phone, which is something we could do via cloud, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm playing Xbox when I'm on my PC. I'm playing Xbox in so many ways, but I'm not always playing on the box. And I think, again, it's a mentality shift. It's not like Mario. It's not like God of War or Spider-Man. It, it is different. Um, whether or not that's a good thing or not, I think is debatable. But let's not forget that if Xbox lost in 2022, they were hugely profitable. The revenue was up. People were playing. People were buying. And there's there were no new exclusives to buy and they were still getting in and uh, i can't tell you the number of people that came up to me over the holidays that are not gamers that are like hey we got an xbox we got game pass dope cool awesome like that's the fun part i I think for me but todd todd might be onto something you know halo i think will always be xbox um yeah but but it's okay as far as a franchise goes, like there's definitely like I think Forza is definitely the strongest when it comes to the content and the quality of it. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people had their their issues with um, Halo multiplayer and, and the cadence. I think that mm-hmm. was and I, and I th- and it kills me, dude, because I actually really love Halo Infinite. I think Halo Infinite is one of the yeah. best stories I've gotten from Halo. And I played I went through all of the Halos recently like from Mm -hmm. from one to infinite i went through all of them many of them stood up to the test of time many of them didn't in my mind and i think i've got some very some spicy takes on which ones i don't like and which ones i do like but Mm -hmm. 
at, at the end of the day, I think Halo is still a really good game. I think the multiplayer of it is the thing that that drives the conversation around it, though. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I still feel like Sea of Thieves is a temple, but it's it's a one off as far as IP goes, so it's hard to call it a franchise. Um, and it's definitely the most successful. Oh know, yeah, I was gonna say it was. It, it's probably the most successful from Xbox One generation. But then I was like, Forza Horizon. That's three sixty. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, four, that's a tough way to put it. Yeah, four didn't hit quite as well as I think they wanted it to. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were kind of like, it's too dreary in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like Sea of Thieves really did kind of kick off. And I and I think they've done a really good job of helping offer something. Like the number of people I see jumping into Sea of Thieves through Game Pass is fantastic because I think that's what Game Pass does. Mm-hmm. And I think Game Pass, like, was it nobody, nobody thought High on Life was going to be as good as it is. Right. And because it was on Game Pass, so many people were just like, eh, I'll give it a shot. And then they're, they're like, oh, my God, this is great. This is a fantastic right. game. Yeah. That's the power of Game Pass. Uh, yeah. Of being able to log in from anywhere, play on any device, that kind of stuff. Can, yeah, you're right. Can you imagine if you bought a PlayStation and you had like 70 bucks to spend and everyone everyone was telling you, oh, get Elden Ring, get Elden Ring, Elden Ring's game of the year and stuff like that. And you've never played a FromSoft game. You never knew how hard it would be. You know, have never had a concept of what that game plays like. And you bought that one game and you thought like, ah, oh, this just isn't for me, man. Everyone was telling me that this was the thing to get and I'm just not liking it. And it sucks because this is the only thing I have to play right now. Mm-hmm. That happened or, to a lot of kids back in the day. Like yeah. they get that one game for Christmas. Oh, dude, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, there's a dude. When I got my Super Nintendo, I got a Super Nintendo with Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, right? I was not at the age where my brain could comprehend what I had to do. So I got stuck before I even got like my sword. And I'm running around with a little lantern trying to figure out what to do in those first little levels. And I'm like, I hate this. This sucks. I don't want to play this game. I want Super Mario. And I got Super Mario and I was fine. But when I went back like years later and I was like, all right, you know what? I've had this game since since I got the console. I'm just going to I'm going to see if I can play through it again. You know, a couple of years later, a little bit smarter, you know, not such a big dum dum. And I absolutely love that game. It's one of my favorite Zelda games and stuff like that. But I can't imagine that ever happening to anyone who gets mm-hmm. all access or like an Xbox with Game Pass, because it doesn't matter what game you download first. If that game is not for you, dude, you have hundreds of games to choose from. And all you got to do is spend the bandwidth to stream it, to test it out a little bit, to see if you like it. You don't even have to install it. Right. It's it's so cool what Xbox is doing that I think so many people are just like, it doesn't have a game that's like a, you know, like a Spider-Man or a God of War. It's like, who cares? Dude, it doesn't matter. If you don't like, if you don't like God of War and you got God of War, you're out. That's it. It's true. (laughs) Sorry. That's true. And that's a good way to, to think of it for sure. I, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I especially like that you called out the, play it via cloud on your box before you download it. Yes. That's, that is to me one of the best features that is under oh, under mentioned. So good. Uh, for sure. Yep. Uh, let's kind of go with one or two more questions and then wrap up here, Logan. Uh, I love this question from Legendary Marvel. Uh, by the way, I met Legendary Marvel competing on leaderboards for a game called Hellfront Honeymoon. Another just <laughs> small game, finding the fun. Love, love him, dude. He's awesome. Um, he wants to know what our most anticipated games are this year, either known or what we uh, think might happen. I'm going to go first and let you think. Uh, I I pulled up a list of all the games that are upcoming that we kind of know about kind of for the first half of the year. 
yeah. everything from like the personas come into Xbox to, to uh, Jedi Survivor and Re- Resident Evil 4 Remake, Suicide Squad. I'm anticipating quite a few, and I'm I'm really excited for Redfall Starfield, which I talked about. My most anticipated though is Jedi Survivor, bar none. Yes. Super excited for Jedi Survivor. That is, I have the three hundred dollar oh. edition ordered. I uh, my wife my wife was really cool about it, but then I found out she bought something else. I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's why she had to let me off the hook. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for Jedi Survivor. Tentatively excited for Suicide Squad because I love superheroes. Yeah. Um, I have not seen the new Avatar at the time of recording because I've I've been hesitant to make a three hour trip. But mm. I love Avatar. I love the first movie. I, I have the three sixty game on my shelf. Um, do you really? I, really, I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right over there. I need. To, um, I need to find that. Yeah, I, I this past summer I bought a three sixty, uh, and a bunch of the games that like are not back compat, like all the Bond games, including Gold so jealous. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I really want to get one. I really yeah. want to have like a 360 so I can be like, oh yeah, I want to go back and play all these games that are not back compat. Yep. Yep. And so I mean I'm I'm excited for those, but Jedi Survivor Bar None, Avatar's in there, Spider-Man 2 is in there. Uh and you know, we'll we'll see what happens with some of the stuff we don't know about yet. Uh we'll see. We'll see, man. What about you? Yeah, dudes. Oh man, Jedi Survivor. That game is gonna be so good. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for that. You know, it's one, it's one that I've been I've been wanting for a long. Actually, it's funny too because I feel like I'm the outlier on this. I have been wanting Hogwarts Legacy mm-hmm. so much. Like I don't I don't know if you know this. This may not show up on video, um, okay. but I have uh, the dark mark on my arm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, like some nerd stuff. I would never. That is <laughs> that is like dyed in the wool. I love villains in stories, right? I think the better the villain, the better the story. Um, so when I see like really good villains for for IPs and stuff like that, I'm like, yes, they get it. You got to be able to relate to the villain and the villain has to have like an understandable goal, like something that'd be like, oh yeah, if I got really mad one day, I could see myself becoming the villain. Mm-hmm. That makes a good villain. So when I when I see, um, or, or just ones that you can really love to hate, like I love hating villains as well too. Um, but like Hogwarts legacy is one of those things where I, I am invested in the wizarding world mm-hmm. and like, and you love JK Rowling. You were telling me, Oh, like fantastic. She's your idol role yeah, model. She's great. Yeah. Never done mm-hmm. a, never done a bad thing in the history mm-hmm. of everything. She got that woman. Uh, <laughs> and I use woman, a very loose term there. Um, I, I, yeah, uh, the, the JK stuff aside, because it, it kills yeah, me it. that love, it, love Harry Potter. I, I don't agree with everything that George Lucas did said, but I don't care what he thinks. I love Jedi. Yeah. I love star Wars. Yeah. You enjoy your Harry Potter, man. That's There's I, I, I just for the record. So anyone coming into this who doesn't know me, he goes, I have separated the wizarding world from JK because I, I don't support her. I don't care what she does with her life. She's got her millions. I can't change that, but I can take a a positive narrative and try and take the wizarding world and how accepting it is and try and use that because a lot of people, um, I used to listen to some podcasts that followed Harry Potter and stuff like that. And a lot of people who felt, uh, minority or felt like they were minorities in the communities, um, were latching onto Harry Potter because it was such a wonderful accepting world. And to find out that the that the author is opposite of that is such a, a killer because it's like you created something that was so welcoming. But anyway, Hog, Hogwarts Legacy, I think, is going to be one of the best games this year. 
I think it's going to stand out as far as something that will give players a world to live in. And I think they've had a clear vision. They've shown a lot of content on it. I think it's going to be a really solid game. And I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at this and thinking like, ah, oh, you know, that was a really like it's it's up there as far as games are concerned as, as this year when it comes to really stellar performances. I don't know if it'll necessarily be like a game of the year contender because I think we everyone's kind of got the idea of what that is going to be. It's going to be like Spider-Man 2. It's going to be like Starfield. You know, they, everyone's got their own thing. But that plus Jedi Survivor, I think are going to be the two two games that I'm the most excited for. I don't know if Avatar is coming out this year. I still... I still want to see like if they're actually going to be putting out more stuff about that. But dude, Avatar, I love Avatar. That's one of my favorite movies ever. I I pirated that movie when I couldn't afford it. And then I bought a bunch of copies and I saw it later on. Like I I, I put in my due, but when I was mm-hmm. poor and depressed, I, I 100% went to see it in the theater. And when I saw it in the theater, I was like, oh my God, I have to watch this movie again. And then I spent like two weeks watching this movie because it was the only joy I had in my life living in Alaska during the winter when there's nothing happening. You it, trust me is it, it it's a fantastic I, i'm hoping that avatar has something that like we were talking about this off air right like i'm hoping that avatar is like what enter the matrix was for the matrix yeah. franchise where it's like a continuation of the story that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be with like you know jake sully and stuff and Nitiri. um but i i do hope that there's at least illusions to the films or, you know, alluding to the, to the stuff that happens in those films in the mm-hmm. game, because I would, I would love to have there be a continuation of the story, maybe from a different perspective for that or for, for that franchise. Right. And that it doesn't necessarily detract from the films if you haven't played the game, but it does kind of like flesh out more of that world. Cause Pandora is such a, it, an interesting world in my mind. And I, I really yeah. like the possibility of getting to explore that as well. So those Agreed. are kind of mine. I think it's great, man. And I'm, I, there's so much that I'm looking forward to in this year in general. Yeah. There's so much that I look back on in general and I'm just like, man, gaming's awesome. It's just, oh, awesome. right. It's just cool. It is it so is. much fun. Well, Logan, I think that is a wonderful place for us to wrap up our first episode together. Our first episode of 2023. Uh, I hope that big things are ahead. If they're not ahead, I don't care. I'm still having a blast, man. I'm going to enjoy this time podcasting together. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I love the stuff that we've put together that we're creating. Uh, I hope that people that listeners, I hope you enjoy this content. I hope you enjoy the interviews kind of being their own thing now separate. Uh, I hope you enjoy the video formats and whatnot. And, and joining me is kind of, we learn, or I rather I should say I learned the video editing stuff. Logan's teaching me a lot, which is cool. Um, I'm Logan, not teaching me anything. What are you talking about? You're crazy. You're you're learning this on your own. I'm just oh, yeah. helping offer like little bits of resources here and there. <laughs> He's lying. Uh, <laughs> guys, you're a liar. Uh, let's let's plug Keelhauled. Let's plug Captain Logan. Let's figure out uh, where people can find you, man. Oh, that's, you know, you're going to be able to find me if you, if you want, man, if you want CFU's content, then I, I, I really like, you probably got your streamers, but if you listen to podcasts and you want to check out Sea of Thieves, um, I do a weekly show. It comes out every Monday. 
it's keelhauled. All you got to do and wherever, wherever you're listening to this right now, you know, if you're, if you're somewhere, you know, a little private and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about Luke and you want to think about me, I'm okay with that, but just <laughs> I search. Going. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going either with this. No, search Sea of Thieves um, podcast. You'll find the official one and then you'll find keelhauled right next to the official one. Um, I've got the dev interviews coming up this year that I'm looking forward to with, uh, some of the folks that do some of the, the marketing stuff for Sea of Thieves, as far as like when, you know, if you wanted to buy like, I don't know, like a Nerf sword or a statue or something like that, I'm going to be, I'm going to be reaching out to them to see if I can get uh, a good interview with the folks that are in charge of all the cool little product placement things that you can buy from Sea of Thieves later on this year. Um, so yeah, just look for that. Outside of that, if you really want to talk to me or tell me like how how silly I am for getting a dark mark tattoo, uh, or my love for for Hogwarts, um, I'm over on Twitter at c a p t underscore l o g u n. Uh, that, that's I, I spend too much time on Twitter. I need help, but I'm there. Uh, and listeners, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Hive, all the socials at Insipid Ghost. Uh, you can find the Xbox Expansion Pass on any podcast service as well as YouTube, youtube.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Uh, look forward to an interview with the Salesforce developers and hopefully many more throughout the year. If there's an interview you want to hear, a developer you want on the show, please feel free to email me, insipidghost at gmail.com. And as always, my DMs are open. Uh, there you go, man. Well, Logan, that's it. That's a wrap. Uh, take care, everybody. Thank you.